Hey friends, welcome to the Apologetic Fun in 10 podcast. My name is Alex Davis and I am really excited that you've decided to join me. I am currently pursuing my master's in Christian apologetics at Oklahoma Baptist University and it is through this podcast that we discern what the truth of the gospel is through looking and discussing through some false teachings in our world and church today. Go ahead, join me so that we can defend the gospel together. Hey, hey, well, I guess you've decided to come back for the third episode of the false beliefs in the purity culture. So welcome back, my pals. I'm really excited to dive in to the next few lies that we have seen within the purity culture today. Well, I guess it was more in the early 2000s, but you know, they're still prevalent. People are still preaching them and we need to put them to rest. So let's just go ahead and dive in. (laughs) Okay, so the few lies that we're going to be discussing and putting against scripture is... Number one, women and their bodies are something that they should be ashamed of. Now, this ties closely into, my friends, how women became responsible for how they dressed and the way that they dressed was their fault if a man lusted after them. So this in and of itself obviously is touching on the truth of modesty. Modesty is beautiful. Dressing in a way that glorifies God is commanded to us through scripture. All right? And so this is something that we see intertwined within the gospel, within the truth. And yes, it is so important to clothe ourselves in a way that glorifies God, but it is not our fault. Let me say that again. It is not our fault as women of God if a man lusts after us. So if we are to dress in a way that is provocative, you know, are, you know, boldly, I mean, if I'm titling these podcasts with purity culture, you know, I'm going to talk more in depth about things, if our boobs are flailing everywhere, then that's probably not the most honorable way to dress and to point your brothers and sisters towards Christ. Women should not be ashamed of their bodies, and it is not the woman's fault if a man lusts after you. Let me give you an example. I am a runner. So therefore, I am very comfortable with my body when I'm running. I've been thinner most of my life. Now, do I fluctuate in my weight? Of course. But also, I'm just comfortable in my own skin. So I run around in short shorts and a sports bra outside because I get hot super easy. I regularly eat a lot healthier than the normal person. And so I guess my body is just used to it but that's what I run around town in. And do men honk at me? Do I see men stare at me? Do I get hoot and hollered at? Yeah. But guys, is that my fault? Would you say that's my fault? Maybe some of you would say that is. 
But I would tell you that it's not my fault. That is the way that I'm most comfortable running. And I would be extremely uncomfortable if I was running in 80 degree or 70 degree weather with a shirt on and pants. Sorry, that's just not what I'm going to do. So that is one example. And honestly, modesty in its sense glorifies God. But again, it is not the woman's fault. In Psalms 139.14, we see, I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous. And I know this very well. Psalms 139.14. And then again, in Matthew 6.32-33, For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. In these moments where we might not discern whether or not and we question whether or not what we attire and what we put on as our clothing, we can bring it to the Father. If it's questionable, then we might not need to wear it. And if we are just abiding to what the culture thinks, we might not need to wear it. But women, it is not our fault if our men are struggling. But do we need to dress in a way that glorifies God? Yes. And then our second lie that we've seen within the purity culture is that honestly ties on to the first lie we just talked about, but is that men cannot control themselves. That men literally just have to have sex. They cannot control themselves. Now, have we seen men and women both uncontrollably have this desire for sexual desires? Yeah. And have men and women abused this desire? Of course. But do men just have to have sex and that's all that they can think about and that's all that they have to have? No. Like, this culture created this stigma that when you get married, that's all that a man's going to want. And that when you get into marriage, that's all you're going to be doing and you're going to have the best sex ever. Okay, guys, men can control themselves. And I know, men, that you're listening in. If you are listening in, like, you're probably thinking thank saying or thinking thank you, Alex, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? Self-control is in there for a reason. And we all have addictions. We all have sins in our lives. We all have something that we're struggling with. And we all have access to the same creator in the same avenue. There's no JV and varsity Christians. We all have the same access. And he provides self-control for each and every one of us. In Psalms 34, 5, we see those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. When we look to the Father, he provides us with grace. He provides us with his strength. He provides us with boldness to rest in the assurance of our call in our lives. And men are not created to, si to simply just lust all the time. Is it a temptation? Sure. But it is for women too. Men and women both struggle with the same things. All right? And then I just want to touch on this last little thing. Your virginity is not the only thing worthy about you. This huge culture of just toxicity 
made it sound as if virginity was the most important thing. And I believe I touched a little bit on this in the last episode. And there's so many more lies that we could touch on. But guys, in Christ, we have redemption. Okay, in Ephesians 1, 7 through 8, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. It is in Christ that we are worthy of forgiveness, of grace, of love, of hope. Virginity is not the only thing important about us. Being in line with the gospel is the most important thing. Being saved by grace. That is the most important thing about our lives. If we have salvation, if we attain the Holy Spirit, that is the biggest and best decision you can ever make. Are you going to fall? Yes. Are you going to sin? Yes. Even when you know Christ? Yes. Do I sin every day? Yes. Am I still a virgin? Well, yeah, but that's not the most important thing about me. And that, my friends, is honestly why I stopped wearing my purity ring. It's not the most important thing about me. Do I need to walk around waving my hand at people? I mean, I never did that, but I did get questioned. Are you married? No, it's my purity ring. Like, why the heck do I need to say that to people? I don't need to have that kind of conversation with everyone around me. Could that lead to some good conversations and has that in the past? Yeah, but most of the time it probably didn't. And it was probably a little arrogant. Let me be honest. It's probably a little arrogant. So guys, I just want to encourage you that truly whenever we walk into the truth of the gospel and whenever we get opportunities to share the light of the Lord with others, may we remember that our sexual desires and that this purity culture and that whether or not we're a virgin, whether or not we're married, single, engaged, whatever that might look like, we have an opportunity to glorify God. And the ideas of this culture really did some damage on our hearts. So I encourage you to do some research and read. What kind of lies are you believing? And dive into scripture. Wow, thank you so much for listening. I really am flooded with joy by your listening ears. If you want to stay connected, feel free to go to any of the links below. Feel free to even buy my latest book, Born to Create, a seven-week devotional written for creators to glorify God in the way that they create. It's really fun and interactive, and I really hope that you could delve into it. If you have any ideas of topics you'd like for me to talk about, feel free to also send that my way. I think that's the third time I said feel free. Anyway, I will be talking with you guys next week. Go defend the lies and defend the gospel. Not defend the lies. Defend the gospel. Don't defend the lies. (laughs) Bye, guys. See you next Friday.